0: <laughs> You're now listening to the Inside Out Podcast with Jimmy Hunt. Get it?
1: Welcome to Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. My job is simple improve my mental fitness through any means possible and deconstruct what works, what doesn't, and what I think may be able to help you become mentally fitter. And quite often, it leads me to some pretty interesting people, places, and stories. And today, a bit of a story. Unfortunately, my wife is not feeling very well today, and so I do not have her as my usual co-host to back me up, and I don't like talking to myself on these things, so I have roped in uh, my guest, my fill-in co-host for another episode again, Will Fleming. Hello, Will Fleming. Thank you for being Uh, here and helping me out.
0: Absolutely, James. Look, there's easier ways for us to catch up. I can just we can just host a podcast together if that's easier.
1: Yeah, exactly. It seems to be the way it's it's rolling out. Uh but I appreciate you being able to come on and jump in. And you don't even know what we're talking about today, which is good. Works for me. Yeah, I don't like, want to know. No, exactly. I like I like the way that that you play the part here of you know, this is an episode where I'm gonna talk about some stuff, some like mm. some some theories that I have, and mm. you just get to hear them for the first time and go. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, really? Explain that some more. So it's a it's a it's a lovely relationship. Otherwise, I'm just talking to myself. Um, today's episode is called the energy behind things, and what that really means is intention and understanding how that affects outcome. I'll give you an example. Is murder good or bad, Will? Well, it's bad. Of course it is.
2: Hmm.
1: Congre- correct. Good answer. Good one. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm done for the day. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? You see, if someone comes into my workplace and starts shooting up the place, that's bad. We know that. If someone then tackles that guy, takes the gun off him, and shoots him, is that good or bad? (laughs) Right?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Right, it's good. So the following day in the paper, Will, the workplace hero, has has killed the gunman who shot up the workplace and killed a bunch of people. You Mm. are a hero. You are trotted around all of the talk shows, your interviews, someone will ask you to write a book. It is it is a it is a good thing, and the person that committed the mass murder is vilified. They are uh, denounced. The, everything the it, bad. So we we've, we've mm. got bad and good. So the act of murder itself, because they are both murderers, murdering the guy that was murdering people is still murder, and so the act itself is the same. But the intention behind the act, the energy behind the act is very different. One is full of hate, one is full of love. And so we can take that theory and expound that out to anything else. Are things good or bad? You may think they are, but they're not. We don't know. I did a episode the other day around my favorite Taoist proverb, which is maybe. And the Chinese farmer has all these things happen to him and basically the village is like, that's amazing. And he's like, maybe. And then other things happen. That's amazing. or that's horrible. And he's like, maybe. Because we don't know whether things are inherently good or bad over time. Could be Mm. the best thing that ever happened to you, might be the worst thing. We don't know until we have... The perspective and understanding on that. In New Zealand, we had um, we had some alcohol safety ads a while back. You might remember, and they basically said, "It's not what we're drinking; it's how we're drinking." Right. You remember those? Yes. Yeah, and so. Basically, it was um, trying to address the New Zealand binge drinking culture. It's not what we're drinking. It doesn't matter what the alcohol is. It's not mm. what we're drinking. It's how we're drinking. Because mm. we're just taking whatever that alcohol is and guzzling the shit out of it, getting mm. blind drunk and having all of these bad consequences from drunk driving to domestic abuse to more jail time, all of those sorts of things. Where it really missed the mark was that it's not really what we're drinking. It's not really how we're drinking. It's actually why we're drinking. Right. Because alcohol itself, just like murder, is not inherently good or bad. I've said, uh, I think I might have even written or said at least, that you know alcohol is probably the worst substance on the planet it has caused more more death more harm more trauma more anything than any other substance on the planet and we see that constantly in our yes. society but it's not good nor bad because i have I, i've grown up and for 40 years i have watched my parents drink Most nights. Most nights, I'd say. And I could barely name a time where I've seen them drunk. Right. They have a wine with dinner. Dad will have a beer after bowls or after golf. He'll celebrate with a whiskey on a birthday. Um, You know, mum will have a prosecco on a birthday. They enjoy wine with their dinner, and alcohol to them is a wonderful, life-enhancing elixir. And to the rest of society, or to a lot of society, it fucks everything up. And so what I'm trying to get people to understand here is that it's not, what and this this now works for for whatever it's not what it's not how it's why why do we drink well
0: well you outlined one of the options right which is connection your parents have that some type of um, celebratory ritual but i think most people drink to suppress yeah. or dampen dampen and or that's, a, that's that's right that's right and that's the question I ask. Well, yeah, if we didn't have booze, there'd be something else maybe to do that. Is that a need in us? But yeah, it's a very interesting.
1: Well, is it a need in us or are we just ill-equipped to be able to observe our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors and mm. deal with
2: them? Mm. And mm. so
1: we need to find anything that will take us away from that responsibility. Yeah, We, we drink as a culture like every friday the bars fill up around new zealand and around mm. the world and we go and we drink and, we drink and then we drink and then we drink and then we drink then we pass out then we have sex with people we didn't want to have sex with then we end up in fights we didn't need to be fighting with we go home drunk to our partners and end up in a fight and beat them and mm. this this is our society but why why after friday night do we go on this Friday, Saturday, bender to then recover for Monday again is because we have jobs we don't like. Mm. We literally do need the release because we are stressed and stifled and pressured you know, for 50 hours that week and then you're finally like, I need to release and we don't have any other tools to be able to release with that. Mm. Another example for me, is the way that I dress. You've seen me in some some outfits. Uh, I've turned up to some of your your podcast interviews in some random fucking outfits. But <laughs> <laughs> the question: Why do I drink? Why do I dress like that? Mm. And for me, it started early, like at school. My favourite colour is pink. If people haven't figured that out so (laughs) much, you look at anything and, yeah, fucking pink. Yeah, Jimmy likes pink. (laughs) I've always liked pink. Do you remember a movie, a New Zealand movie back in the day, probably 25 years ago, 20, 25 years ago, I really enjoyed, was one called Stick Men. The name rings a
0: bell, but no, I I don't recall it.
1: It was about these guys who played um, pool and bars. And like it was Robbie Magasiva and uh, a couple of other people. And, and they played, you know, competitive pool and bars for money. And there just happens to be a character, you know, a very secondary character in the movie who's always wearing a pink shirt. And basically, he does it to antagonize the traditional stereotypical male into mm. abusing him, giving him shit. And then uh, he happens to be <laughs> a very tough man who can fight very well and ends up, you know, being confrontational, fighting them and kicking their ass. And he, he literally just using a pink shirt as, a, as an excuse to get into bar fights to, to beat people up. And when I was young... Not that I was a fighter or anything like that, but I wore those clothes in order to get into slight confrontations, right? To 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 just be able to go, what motherfucker? Like, what's your problem? Mm. And you know, then sort of getting older. I would I spent well a lot of people don't know I spent uh, 14 years working in running and owning bars. And as a person that ne- has never drunk, I, I don't drink, I've never drunk uh, I spent more time in a bar than you, <laughs> and you and you and you all put together. Um, <laughs> it's just a world that I really enjoyed. I had a lot of fun in there. And in your 20s, it's always good um, to try and be attractive to the ladies. Mm -hmm. And one of the simplest ways to get compliments, to have women start conversations with you and come up to you is to dress differently. Right. And in this country, that's not hard because (laughs) the men in this country have no style. And uh, they basically wear, you know, jeans and a black T-shirt. And so if you're wearing anything different, <laughs> <laughs> you stand out like a sore thumb, but that's a good thing. And women will come up and go, oh, I, like your, I like your outfit. You know, I have painted nails. The amount of compliments that, or conversations that women start with me because I have painted nails. Mm. And so, you know, that was a th- That was a reason why I dressed that way. I got more attention and, you know, that felt good. It feels really Mm. nice to be able to have female attention and then I almost felt superior to other guys who, because guys would say dumb shit to me, that, you know, I still walk into places and they'll try and take the piss because of what I'm wearing and i'll just feel like a smug superiority to them because i'm like i could steal your girl. i could steal your girl like you know <laughs> and so i ended up uh, seeing this woman who you know became basically my spiritual mentor called Sally Caldwell and she is episode 3 of this podcast if you want to uh, listen to an hour of her and She asked me one day, why do you dress like that? And my answer is real simple. And it's, oh, you know, because I I, I like bright colors, I like patterns, and it's fun, and it makes me happy. And that's a, you know, it's a genuine answer. But it's also a surface answer. And so she goes, but, you know, but why? And so when I when I dig down a little more,
2: I'm like, um well,
1: actually, maybe maybe I dress this way because I want attention. I want attention from women. I want to feel like I'm desired. I want maybe guys to be envious or of me, like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe that's actually the reason. And so, yeah, you know, that requires some brutal honesty and ability to actually have some self-awareness and look at it like that. And then if I drill down even just a little bit further, like, why do you dress like that? It's actually because I don't love myself enough? Why do I need this validation from people? Why do I need to feel like I'm attractive to the opposite sex? Why do I need to feel like I'm superior to other guys in style or you know, ability? It's because I don't love myself enough. And that was a, that was a really sort of big piece of self awareness. You know, when, you, when you look at me and you're like, oh, he dresses like that, and you ask why, and I'm like, oh, because it's color and pattern and it li- like it makes me happy, and you're like, cool, that's, that's a fair enough thing. That's a, that's a good intention, that's good energy behind the action, but when I dig down deep enough, I find out that it's actually because I don't love myself enough, you're like, oh, shit, that is not a good energy or a good intention for that action. Mm. And so Sally gave me a task. She said, for two weeks, I wasn't allowed to wear any color, any pattern, anything. I just had to get a black pair of jeans, a black T-shirt, and plain shoes. And that was all I was allowed to wear for two weeks. No jewelry, no accessories, no anything.
2: It was strange. <laughs> yeah, it must have been.
1: So I, I kind of lost a part of my identity.
0: Yeah, you're, you're probably outlining why we drink.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: because. Your identity's gone so to blend in. Well, if you're not willing to ask, why don't I love myself more, you know, here's a substitute for that.
1: Yeah. And so when I'm walking around in my New Zealand uniform, and these people aren't giving me my validation and giving me my compliments and things like that, then I have to start asking myself. Who am I and what am I if I'm not, this This isn't part of my identity? And what that does is it scrapes away all the bullshit and really leaves you with that or you don't love yourself enough. And so that required me, like it exposed it it so much that it required me to address it. It required me to work on it. And so I did. I started really looking at those, at those things and making changes based on those. You know, at the end, once I had removed sort of the, the desire, the need to be sexually attractive to the opposite sex, once I'd removed the desire to need the validation from or the superiority to other men and stuff like that. Once I'd removed those, then I could go back to wearing exactly what I wanted to wear. Because the truth is now that those tendencies are very, very minor. If a girl comes up and says, I love your outfit, it still makes me feel lovely. You know, that's, that's a given. But those particular pieces of energy are very minor compared to the fact that I genuinely like painting my nails. I genuinely like dressing this way because it makes me happy and it actually makes people around me happy. Being bright, being colorful, it brings joy. And so I am now back to exactly the same action that I had before. This was years ago when Sally made me do this, but that little interlude in the middle from Sally allowed me to understand the energy that was driving the things, change it, and then go back to doing the same thing. Libby had a very similar one with cooking for people. She loved cooking for people. Cooking for people was showing, uh, showing them how much she loved them. But then she realized that she was actually cooking people for their approval, for their love. And this includes me. Like she was you know, trying to cook for me to get, to, to get my love. So she had to then just basically go cold turkey on cooking for me and cooking for anyone else and, and really address the energy that was driving those actions. And once she did that, then she can go back to cooking. Now mm. she's doing it just because it brings her joy and she loves being able to provide for others and give others enjoyment. But previously, it wasn't actually a healthy act for her. And so when you look from the outside, you don't actually, you can't actually tell. You're just like, Libby's cooking for people, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. You don't know that she's doing that because of trauma. You don't know that she's doing that because she needs the love from from the people that she's doing it for. And if they don't give her that love, i.e. me. <laughs> when I don't give her the love because I don't care about her cooking for me, you know, that then brings up all of these things inside of her. That's basically the the point of of this whole podcast today is, is that the action is neither good nor bad. The intention, the energy that drives that action is what matters. And to be able to find that. Sometimes you have to take away the action to be able to see what's left. And other times, if you don't take away the action, you still have to be able to sit down, get brutally honest with yourself, and have self awareness. And if you can't get self awareness from yourself, you need to get it from a third party. But understanding the energy that drives the thing can lead to a lot of breakthroughs and can help you move yourself up the mental fitness continuum.
0: Jimmy, this sounds wild because like a magic trick, it's not obvious what's happening. And like you just outlined, take the cooking. It can look like something when it's not. I think you'd need to walk people through it, (laughs) and meaning me one more time, because are there signals to look for? I've got so many questions. Like, do you love yourself more now? Can you fall out of love with yourself? Is this even something to be aiming for in terms of mental fitness? Does it work if you strip everything back and you're naked? Can you, you know what I mean? Because we're talking about how you're dressing and cooking. What happens if it's you looking in the mirror at you? I mean, we cloak ourselves with clothes, with haircuts, with grooming, with beards. What, you know, do we have to look at ourselves like Neo waking up out of the Matrix, where it's just a raw, I mean, is that what you see when you look in the mirror drunk, for example? Do you see what's really there? And that's why there's no windows or mirrors anywhere and it's dark.
1: Well, first of all, I've never looked in the mirror drunk because I haven't been drunk uh, because I don't drink. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you did fight a giant anaconda. I did. Yeah, I have. Uh, I have. I have done mushrooms uh, a bunch. So of you times. have been somewhere. Yeah, I've I've definitely <laughs> been to some places. <laughs> to unpack those twenty-seven questions that you just that you just let out. You just
0: outlined it like it's obvious, and yeah. I'm like, <laughs>
1: whoa. Yeah. Well. I'm, okay. So why do I have a beard? Uh, one of the simplest reasons that. Uh, men grow beards is that they have weak chins. And I think that I've had a beard for fucking 20 years. I'm not mm. <laughs> but I think my chin looks better with a beard on it. I just you know that's the thing. I originally have a beard because I'm lazy. And so what I can do is, you know, why do I have a beard? Well I have a beard because I want to look a little bit better. I had a beard like I said 20 years ago and fucking no one had beards. And then that beard craze came and then went and then I've still got a beard. I'm lazy. I like my beard. My wife says that she'll divorce me if I ever get rid of my beard. So, Oof. you know, the energy that drives my beard, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit superficial. I would like to look a little bit better. But when you, when you look at that, when you break that down, it's like, that's not a, that's not a inherently harmful energy. You're, you know, you're allowed to want to groom yourself and look better. There's nothing, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Okay. Dressing the way I did and do is when, I, when, you, when you strip it all back, I did it because I didn't love myself. Now, mm. loving yourself is one of the fundamentals of mental fitness. And tomorrow I am uh, recording an episode with a, uh, a woman who teaches self-love and so that's a that's a whole that's a whole other podcast but yeah like the fact if if we don't love ourselves that generates a lot of behavior that is not good for us or for society so if you don't love yourself and then you go out and just get smashed and then you end up punching some dude he falls down hits his head on the concrete and dies you know you killed someone because you didn't love yourself because someone who loves themselves doesn't need to get themselves in that situation. And so yeah, it's it that's it's very important to figure out what behaviors are being driven by a lack of self-love or a sense of hatred for the self or or anything else. You know, these are just practices of self-awareness. These are just ways that we can try and look for things to be able to identify to then be able to work on because they move us up the mental fitness continuum. Because that's what that's what this whole thing is about. And again, go back to episode number uh, 2 no, number 4. The the like uh, my pillar episode about mental fitness that explains the framework around that, which which is what we need to be doing is identifying little things that we can work on. Small things over time. And then when we work on them, we move ourselves up the mental fitness continuum. The higher up the continuum we get, the happier and healthier we are. And so, you know, the, that sort of two week practice that I did with Sally by stripping back my identity around the clothes to, to find out what's left, you know, that was just two weeks of my gigantic journey. Mm. But it added points to my mental fitness continuum and allowed me to see something and then, and then spend the next bunch of time work. You know, I didn't go from not much self-love to massive self-love in those two weeks, but it identified that and then allowed me to work on that over time. And so when we are looking at any of these behaviors, we just want to be able to, to strip the action back and really look for the why. And that why will tell us stories and then allow us to be able to alter those stories over time. And then maybe the behavior then goes away and you never do that behavior again. Or maybe you can go back to that behavior, but with a whole different uh, framework and idea, just like me with my clothes and Libby with her cooking.
0: Yeah, that's a revolutionary idea because we don't think about going back to something. Hey, you want out. You want yeah. to change. Yeah. But it's a really interesting idea that you have a like a segue and then you come back into it. And yeah, this is
1: why I bring you on because you call my shit revolutionary ideas. I fucking love that. <laughs> you can come back fucking constantly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but, but that, that's just it. Like we don't have to throw shit away. Mm. Well, I think about all the people you talk to in
0: the business sector and they're with mortgages and they've got businesses and they work for companies 50 or plus years old. It's not helpful to say out with the old and with the new. But it is, it is possible.
1: So that so that's the same with sugar or alcohol, in that you can't go telling an alcoholic, stop drinking. Stop drinking, it'll solve your problems. You can't go tell someone that binges on sugar, no, just stop. it'll, it'll you know, because if I could say, Hey, stop drinking, hey, stop eating sugar. Both of those things would give you massive boosts on your continuum. Scientifically proven, we fucking, we know it. We'd like to do it, but we can't do it. We don't go telling people that. Because most of these things, just like depression, just like alcohol and drugs and sugar and excess eating and even excess exercise, you know, all of these things they're not problems, they are symptoms. We don't want to treat the symptoms, we want to treat the problems, right? So that's why if you put someone in a like a drug rehab center and you get them clean over a couple of months and then you go put them back out into the same place where they came from, they're going to end up addicted again because all you've done is actually treat the physical symptom of addiction you haven't treated the cause of the people they hang around with the traumas that they've had their situations their monetary issues like all of, all of these all of these things and so you know if you want someone to stop drinking if you want someone to be happier and healthier you have to be asking the questions why where is this coming from? And then the act of stripping that back allows us to allows us to do that, because if you take someone who drinks a lot, and then you just ask them as an experiment to not drink for two weeks, just like Sally asked me to not wear any color for two weeks, just as an experiment, see how you go. And then you actually talk to them during that two weeks and go, what are you feeling? You know, how, how, how are you feeling? What's going on? What, what are the thought processes? They're like, oh, like I'm this, I'm that, I'm stressed, I, I just want to, and you're like, okay, well, where's the stress coming from? Where's this coming from? What is the alcohol answer to your, to your current life position? And they're like, wow, fucking! It chills me out. It allows me to have fun, you know. And you're like, cool. Now we understand that. Now we can work on figuring out how you can get those same results from something else. And that's just what this is. It's about pulling it all back, understanding what the energy that drives things are, and then being able to check into those things, change them to create different outcomes. Because those alcoholics, I mean, AA is like, you're never allowed to drink again. And I mean, I'm no expert in this fucking field or anything, but telling people they can never, ever, ever drink again and calling it a disease, and AA works for a lot of people, that's fine. I understand that. But Maybe alcohol is not the best example, but telling telling me, for example, that I can never eat sugar ever again, like that's what a what a fucking horrible thing to say. Horrible thing to say. Now, did I massively overeat sugar for a long time? Yes. Did I have to completely go cold turkey and take it away for a while to understand what drove that? Yeah. And then I can go back to that behavior, eating sugar, in a more sustainable and healthy way after that.
0: Mm. And would the caveat be, unless you have trauma around it, then you need to zone in further to do the harder work, possibly with third party?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, trauma is, trauma is a, you're right. You, it's, trauma is helped greatly by a third party. Because quite often we can't have the perspective and understanding and the self-awareness when we have that trauma. And so having somebody, a third party, be able to point that out, that's, that's, you know, that's really good. And look, I mean, if you get to a place where you never, ever, ever, ever want to drink again, like fucking wonderful. That's great too. Like, that's absolutely fine. But I think a lot of the, A lot of the resistance to change comes from the idea that people don't want to ever not do that again, ever. And so to be able to have the understanding that if you can uh, identify and change the energy that drives the behavior, then there is a possibility that you can go back to doing the action with a whole different energy. Mm. There's no black and white answers for everything, for anything. I mean, absolutely. Um, but I think you know, that's the that's the tightrope you walk with that.
0: I just find it fascinating that I don't think that many people walk that tightrope like you do, or at least try and explain how you would even get one foot in front of the other on a tightrope. And so I think it's you know, yeah, lots to ponder in this, man.
1: Yeah and and that's just certain. If people want to ask more questions, then they can feel free to send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email, jimmy at jimmyhunt.com, or go, yeah just go to the website Jimmy well, jimmy because I love I mean, as you said, like I, I see the start. this is just my fucking theories. This is, this is mm. just shit that I have sort of figured out for myself, and I feel like I should share. And I am completely open to people going, yeah, 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 but. Or have you ever thought of this? Because I am, I, am, uh, I am strong views loosely held. <laughs> and so if someone can come along and improve my theories or, or disprove them, then I'm all in. It's, mm. uh, it's exactly what I want because what I'll then do is write a better one in the next book. <laughs> Awesome, Will Fleming. Thank you very much for asking good questions once again, giving me lovely compliments that make me feel all fluttery inside, and uh, providing a uh, a wonderful replacement for my lovely wife. I appreciate it very much. Go check out Will Fleming's podcast, which is called "Please Blow My Mind," and uh, I'm going to be on that very shortly because I'm coming up to your place on Sunday, and we'll we'll yeah, make a we'll make a podcast then for you.
0: Appreciate well, we're going to it. do Thank more than me. that. We're going to sauna as well. We're going to cold sauna podcast. The yep. I, did,
1: feature. Um, I did sauna, ice, sauna, ice before tennis on Saturday and it was a stupid idea. But we'll talk about that on Sunday. <laughs> Thanks very much, Will. We'll talk to you next time.
0: Pleasure. That was Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. See you next time.